0: Shane Harris, I'm a real estate agent and an auctioneer with more than 20 years experience. Um, Our podcast, we aim to speak to property people about what they do in their business and uncover the secrets about their success with an aim to help you do better, not only as a real estate agent, but hopefully better work performance flows into a better life as well. To that end, today we're lucky enough to have Mr. Angus Rain with us on our podcast. Now, Angus is a very, very widely known real estate person, not only here in Australia, but right across the globe. Angus is the Executive Chairman of the Rain and Horn Group, a group, of course, that his family has enjoyed many, many generations of successful business with. The group has offices in Australia, India, Malaysia, and associations right across the globe. So without any further ado, Angus, welcome to Spark 20. Thanks, Shane. Good to be here. So Angus, tell us about the Rain and Horn Group and your family's long-standing connection with it.
1: Um, maybe, without sounding like a history lesson, but there is a, um, there's a rhyme to my reason. So I'll start way at the beginning. We've got, we came out here in 1814. I know, Shane, you're from a naval background. My great-great-grandfather was a captain, so he used to bring all the convicts out, did eight or nine trips. Bit of a, a legend. Probably my family amongst them. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, you're, you are Tasmania. You're <laughs> the worst of the worst. <laughs> so and he, then he was a, um, an entrepreneur, typical colonial entrepreneur, knew, knew all the who's who because he was a free settler. Um, he was asked to go and find Captain Bly. He didn't find, find Captain Bly. Governor then said, right, you did a good job, Captain Rain. You get half, literally almost half of New South Wales um, land grant. So from Orange all the way out to Minkum, if you know New South Wales. But forgetting all that, the reason why my great-grandfather got into real estate is that he saw his father lose a fortune, make a fortune, lose a fortune, make a fortune, typical colonial life. I mean, it was delivering um, goods over to Chile at the time he, he wrote it up. By the time he got to Chile, uh, whatever he was um, exporting, a market had collapsed, just as an example. So he said, well, how can I get into a business where there's not a lot of risk and I can clip the ticket on the way through? And guess what? <laughs> <laughs> that's real estate agency. Yeah. And that's the beauty of our business, because uh, people that are listening to this are all real estate people. If you're a principal or not, it's, it's not... Capital intensive, which is which is an absolute blessing. We're selling other people's capital, and clipping a yep. ticket. Yeah, so that's why I started. It's not all about history. I'm, I tend to look through the front view of my um, strategic uh, car rather than the uh, the rear view mirror.
0: Terrific. And, and your dad, Angus Max, he was a huge part of the growth of the rain and Horn business during his tenure. What do you think it was that drove him so hard to achieve what he achieved?
1: Uh, well, he's Still alive, and, and it's very nice. A lot of people still ask about my father, the long-term Raymond Horner's. He's 88, um, so I see him probably once every two weeks, once every week. He's, he's, he's out of Sydney a lot, so um, still very alive and like a lot of uh, fathers, still giving me a hard time. <laughs> so <laughs> undoubtedly, but he he, he was a huge energy. Um, people that have worked with him or people that know him, I think you've said he was a great networker. Um, very social being. Sydney was a different place when he was there. It was all a who's who. It's a tweed coat brigade, you know, with the patches on the elbows. Yep. Yep. Um, so all very old school, old money, and and sales just fitted him. He's quite a, he's, I've read a quote from him. Sales suited him one hundred percent, and lucky for me, I'm very like my father. Sales suits me, and we'll probably touch on that um, later on. Yeah. Suited me one hundred and ten percent also. And he was passionate, it's all about the family. had great, great family values, which is something I think Australian society, without being too heavy, has made maybe um, amiss a bit. Um, and he just, he had a huge drive. So he was the one, a lot of the time, his father, from what I've heard, his father and him, they used to argue about whether they should franchise or not. Very yep. new model, yep. he was the third person in Australia, notwithstanding, not out of real estate, just a third company to adopt franchising as a business model. My grandfather, a very conservative, you know, survived Gallipoli in World War II, the whole nine yards. It sounds a bit like a Monty Python movie, but literally, um, hard times back then. Yeah. He, he, he wanted to protect the integrity of Ran and Horn. It's unbelievably a great reputation for being honest, credible, and we still have that reputation today. But typical father son, which I know a bit about, um, sort of the really. Um, Blocking heads, well, wacky yeah, heads, I should yeah, say. Yeah, yeah. So my father won out at the end of the day. <laughs> in his wisdom, mid-70s, adopted the franchise model and basically, in new terminology, absolutely went for it and just had his foot flat to the floor ever since. And I've said huge energy. He still does even at 88, enormous energy. And today, um, thanks to him, I've sort of taken on his legacy and I think I'm building on it. Well, I, I am building on it. Um, but certainly, I have him to thank 100% for because um, I'm really in a company 136 years old. I'm a Johnny Cum I'm just a, a I'm, I've, I've only been here a couple of minutes really, if you look at the history of the firm. <laughs> but one, one thing I want to tell you, Shane, my father, World, World War II just ended, so 88, so you can do the math. He, we were from a long line of lawyers, more so than real estate. I'm just going way back to the UK. Don't hold that against me. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but he, he actually wanted, he was in studying law at Sydney Uni and um, then his father needed a hand and so he said, right, I'll, I'll pull out of that and I'll join the firm. So which means that he's probably more emotionally attached to Ren and Horn than me. So there's advantages and disadvantages of being in one place for a long time. I probably have a, because I didn't join uh, Reynon Horn until yep. I was about 35. Yep. So I, I probably have a more strategic view very, very passionate about it, but I'm not as emotionally attached. I don't, I don't want any listeners to read into that, but that's probably an advantage. Yeah, where he looks at things as if it's his, you know, fourth child, yeah, or fifth child, <laughs> yeah. I should say, because he does have four children. Yep. Uh, fifth child. Whereas I can sort of sit back and and look at things strategically and um, sort of probably logically. Yeah, and you touched
0: before on how good he was as a networker, prospector. And what a great people person he was. How important do you think those skills are in today's real estate environment?
1: Well, I think I've been doing this for for 30 years, agency. I think it's it's even more important. CRMs, technology, they're great enablers. But you still have to get out there. It's still a contact sport, real estate. And the reason why I say that, that's a fantastic way to sort of, a great blocker to these disruptors, or so-called disruptors. Most of them aren't. Most abused term in the last couple of years, so it's still a contact sport and still who you know, very very much so. And the CRM, as I say, it's an enabler, so it's actually made things. The process is the same, but CRM's actually made you more accountable and gives you a, a, a process. Yeah. So it's actually much easier. But I'd, I'd argue it's even more in this today, today's era of technology. It's even more. Important to get out there and yeah. be known. And when I say be known, just disregarding my still a contact sport, that contact can be via people doing research on under uh, agent profiles under rh.com.au. Yeah, that, that's still a touch point. Yeah, absolutely,
0: absolutely. And your family, Angus, you've got five kids. Yes. What are they all up
1: to now? Five kids, one wife. <laughs> <laughs> You'd be surprised how many people ask for that. But these are modern times we live in. So um three children they're getting a bit older now so, as I am so three children left school um, once graduated she's got a big job in a multinational business consulting firm so three girls and two boys. Um, then second daughter is doing um, studying Sydney uni doing um, primary school teaching. She's currently in South Africa um, helping for the last three months in a sort of a disadvantaged school right. um, having a great time which is thoroughly endorsed Max Jr. Is he's, he's actually here today? I saw him shredding something. <laughs> Is the tax office coming in or something? Uh, be like that. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so uh, he, he's here a couple of days a week because he's at uni. He's he to uni a couple of days a week. So he's in, he's doing law and um and going to college at Sydney Uni. And then the other two are at school. Charlie's year eleven, so of course this time of year, nearly um, year twelve. And Heidi's year nine. So they're they're they're, mar- they're marching on. five marches on. Absolutely.
0: Now, we at Rain and Horn of course, pride ourselves on the products and the offerings that we provide to our franchisees, but where do you see the industry heading in relation to particularly uh, technology and artificial intelligence?
1: So just to the AI, so we were the first to market with our AI product two and a half years ago, Amplify. Uh, we've now done 14,000 listings. I think our nearest competitor wouldn't have done 3,000 listings on whatever platform they use. Our platform CCT, of course. So we we're way, way ahead of the curve. Also, a DigiKit, we've probably spent 800000 on DigiKit. Amplify, we've spent a few million on. So DigiKit, uh, that's been really well received. It's, of course, this is online sales and property management appraisal. Yep. You can do an appraisal within four to four minutes, or yep. if you meet, me, it may take me about eight minutes. <laughs> um, so these things, it's all about, my, our job is to give our agents tools and enhancing their product offering And also making things easier and enabling people to do things faster and hopefully get to the next listing. So it's quite a simple business model. I think a lot of our competitors, there's a lot of of positive talk in the media about some of our competitors. The beauty that we have is that we've got the money to spend on innovation. If you don't have money, you can't innovate. And you cannot build a business on just plugging things in on APIs. Mm. That just doesn't work. So, DigiKit, we own. That's our idea. Came out of our top principles meeting a couple of years ago, which we've done. Amplify, we have exclusive um, access to we have for the last two years and uh, for another I think we've got another 12 months to go. Hopefully, we'll roll that over. So, to answer your question, um, we're looking at voice right now. Yep. Um, obviously, we've got the chat box on our website. Really pleasing results on that. Uh, voice is the, is the new is a new way to go. The only thing with the voice is a lot of people don't have those voice devices at home. Yeah, um, Australia, in, in global terms, pretty quick on technology take up, but with um, Google Home or whatever whatever um, device you're using, that hasn't seemed to be embraced in Australia as much as say America. So I think this time next year, seventy percent of households in America will have some kind of voice device. Oh, wow. Yeah, which we don't have anywhere near yeah. those stats here that we might that might be a bit too early but we're we're looking at that right now right now great
0: and rolling out a new uh, CRM compass plus at the moment
1: Yeah, really happy with the rollout getting some great reviews a huge huge emphasis on you know on iPhones because um, that that's where the industry is going so on and they've only remember they've only been around the iPhone I remember using a blackberry 10. Ten years ago, it was all Blackberries, and then all of a sudden, on a dime, use an American term, on a dime, everyone suddenly got their iPhone, including me. <laughs> um, so that that's where it's going, and that's where voice will be going also, particularly for agents. Maybe my era that's not not so fast on a touch typing, yep. that's why I'm all for voice. <laughs> Absolutely. Um, as you
0: know, we were lucky enough to go to Microsoft yesterday for our client or customer immersion experience, and um one of the statistics they put up was that 90% of the world's data has been created in the last two years, which is just an incredible statistic. Mm. Um, And I know you recently spoke at the National
1: Association of Riverside, NAR as it's known in India. Tell us about that experience. Well, we have um, 11 offices in India, been there for about three years, uh, three corporate staff. So we're we're financially, we put our capital in. And the the reason is looking at the Indian market, both property market and their legislation around the property transaction is like Australia in the mid-70s. So I was over there talking about Australian legislation. A very dry topic, I know. (laughs) Um, In front of 1,500 Indian real estate agents, yes, I did throw in a few anecdotes about Australian cricket um, (laughs) because I just had to lighten it up a bit. But certainly they are bringing in some legislation which is very similar to the legislation we have and which I totally back in Australia over the years. So they're Really, it's all consumer-led. It's all about protecting the consumer because there's an enormous middle class in India, and they're all very aspirational. They all want to do better, and better themselves, and better their families, which are great values. And also, coupled with that, Indian migration to Australia outstripped Chinese migration in 2012. Yeah, 2012. Yeah, so a long time
0: ago. And your early career. So you said before you came. To work at Rain and Horn when you're about 35, so not that long ago. Oh, thank
1: you. But <laughs> tell us about what you did before you came back to Rain and Horn. So I did the uni thing. I'm big on I'm big on education and I, I still um, do courses, so that's one of my one of my things is um, you've got to keep educating yourself. And that could be a podcast on the way home from work if you're in traffic at work, like, like a lot of people that live in Sydney. All that could be reading uh, the latest sales book or getting online and whatever real estate trainer it is. So it's not actually doing a degree or a master's, don't get me wrong. It's just getting educated sure. and upskilling. So the um, union then, it didn't fit. Nepotism in Australia is hardly even a word used. It didn't sit well with me, so I didn't want to start straight in um, with my father. So I managed to get a job in a very small firm in commercial now called Cushman and Wakefield. I shouldn't, I shouldn't number one, never, ever mention their um, competition, um, <laughs> but you asked the question. So I was lucky enough to get a job in there, and as I said, it was a natural fit. So I was there for about three years. What, what did you do? Um, commercial leasing, yep. high end. So I was sort of north of King Street, uh, north of Market Street. So... Probably the most competitive real estate market in Australia. Absolutely. A lot, a lot, a lot, a lot of um, leasing agents as there are today. Um, it's really money for jam, but it's super competitive because I know that's a stable. You're out of shame, so you, I can see you furiously nodding. Um, <laughs> but then, then I, I could see the annoying. recession. Yeah, the recession that we had to have. So I got headhunted to Night Frank. Yep, and that was fantastic. Knowing so. The, the, the first firm I started with had no brand. No one knew who it was. So you had to kick the door down, metaphorically speaking, in order to get an appointment. Then I went to Knight Frank. And I said to everyone, you don't know. Everyone knows the brand. Like, yeah, Rain and yeah, Horn. Yeah, That's yeah. where I'm going. Yeah. Uh, you don't know how lucky you are, you guys, because salesmen are full of excuses. So as soon as you pick up the phone, you have instant credibility. You're from Knight Frank. I'm from Rain and Horn. Yes. So you're already in the door. Resign you and have to knock the door down first yes. in order to get in. Yeah. And that happens you know, nine times, sorry, one, one, one time out of 10. So it's all about the brand. And then from there, I went to Saddles, the stable, of course, Shane, you're out of, and sort of climbed the tree there and um, left as associate director to join Rain and Horn. More Captrans there or still leasing? Yeah, no, still leasing and yep. a, a lot of Captrans because one thing leads to another. Because you're giving someone an income stream. Yep. You're filling their building. And, and, and residential did quite a lot of project marketing. There's yep. hardly even a word around there. Yeah, yeah. Facilities management, I sort of dabbled in because that was just emerging these big corporations, Alas and George Bank, ComBank, Westpac, yep. New South Wales Police, yada, yada, um, really outsourcing all their property, physical property requirements. Yep. So sure. that was all about the pitch, um, which I still enjoy doing. As you know, Shane, I pitch for people to join us. Yep. Um, so I managed to make a, because it was a good fit for me, make a lot of money. It's not all about the money, but if you have money, you can make choices. So, uh, and it gave me probably my own corporate brand yep. uh, confidence. So when I came in here, Randon Horn, I came in at the board and um, with, with credibility. So most of the people at my previous employment didn't know I had anything to do with Randon Horn. Yep. And as soon as they, I heard that, I thought, well, that's good. So it's not as if they're judging me because of my background. They're just judging sure. me on my ability, which
0: is which is good. Yeah, absolutely. And, and capital transaction for those out there that don't know what that means, that's selling high end commercial investi- investment properties such as, you know, one Macquarie Street and the like. So very, very tough part of the market. And deals worth
1: hundreds and hundreds of yeah. thousands, up to half a million. Yes.
0: So we're sitting here today recording the podcast in our new corporate office. Um, We've been here for about 12 months, Angus. Uh, You were down in the rocks for a long time. So why the move? Tell us about the vision behind this new uh, facility we find ourselves in.
1: So, uh, well, we've purchased the strata floor two years ago at auction, um, which is a bit of fun, down at 50 Margaret Street. A lot of people listening will probably know the auction house there, auction works. Uh, From the state government, this was the ex-New South Wales very high in New South Wales Police liaison office to the, for the National Crime Authority, which is next door. Mm. Um, so that was that was they didn't need it anymore. So it was available, half renovated. So rents in Sydney are unbelievable. It's thousand dollars a meter for B-grade office space. Yeah, it's a huge expense. And last time I looked, to be a bit facetious, we're in the property business. I can't believe that we haven't purchased property before. And now yep. I'm the executive chairman. We have, I mean, it's beyond me why we we did own a building in the city in the mid 1950s, um, and they had to sell it there at the time, um, which is a shame. It's probably worth probably upwards of 250 million now. But you learn from your mistakes, yeah. And um, at the time, that probably thought it was a good idea, certainly today, 1950 in a company 136 years. Sounds much for the listeners, sound like a long time ago. Not really. Yeah. If you look at it in the terms of our company, absolutely. So, and as you know, I have mentioned that there's a lot of state of flux in the in the industry. A lot of negative talk, particularly in the media, about the competition, which I won't mention. But this is a very positive. We spend a lot of money. Yeah, it's high end. It's all for the clients. The clients being our officers and their staff. We can do presentations in here. We've got training facilities. Media room. We've got a project room. So and it's a very positive because it looks fantastic, and it's a very positive. I think very positive step for Brandon Horn. Uh, We're projecting. We're fine. We've got no debt. We're looking at buying other networks, rival networks, quite seriously. So I think it's telling everyone Brandon Horn's in a great space, and we're going, we're growing and growing and growing. Opening office every two weeks at the moment. Yeah. So it's all falling into place. Terrific.
0: And uh, you and I, of course, share a great love of uh, four-wheel driving, um, outdoors Australia and camping, mate. So when's your next
1: four-wheel drive adventure plan and where are you going to go? Well, I'll, I'll, I should answer that where I've been because yeah. I'm not <laughs> sure <laughs> where I'm going. <laughs> right. <laughs> Sounds like a country in western sign. So does. slim dusty. dusty. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm just, last holidays, um, we did a um, Sydney to the Gulf of Carpenteria on back. So depending on how good your geography is, it's um, 7,000 kilometres. So up through Birdsville, straight up through Bullia and then Normanton, Corumba, and then down through the Matilda Way, which snakes through outback Queensland, Winton, all those iconic Longreach, those iconic places a lot of people would have heard of. But that, yeah, that, that, that's something that clears my head. I enjoy doing It's good getting away with the kids and testing them because you're, you're. I've done the Simpson Desert three times, um, and this time of year, I've done it a couple of times this time of year, which is October. It's probably. Out there this time, it's probably forty-five. It feels like fifty-five degrees. Yeah. You're bogged. Um, you're sweating. There's flies everywhere, and you're getting a second sun to dig you out. And there's no Wi-Fi. No, no Wi-Fi. There's <laughs> nothing <laughs> out there. It's a test you, which is good. Yeah, absolutely.
0: Terrific. Uh, and in your time in the industry, what what's been the
1: single biggest change to the way business is being done? Well, of course, the single biggest change is it's just technology. That's, I mean, and that, that is a very big word. Yeah. But that's um, well, I, when I started, Telex was just going out. We still have the Telex for a few um, owners of property that lived in the Pacific Islands, and they still use Telex. The fax, and this is late 80s. I don't want to sound too old. This is late 80s. <laughs> and the fax, the thermal paper fax started coming, and that, that, was, that was fantastic. And then, of course, then the email and web websites came in, and, you know, as I say, the rest is history. That, that's beyond a doubt. a worldwide um, phenomenon is particularly the way we communicate with each other, which has its challenges as a salesperson. Yeah. So it's easy to, you know, put in offers for consumers via text. So you, yeah. you don't have, you can't eyeball them. So you, that, that's, that's a real challenge for the industry. Yeah. I think you're
0: spot on there because that is one of the things which, um, people are tending to do more and more, is not pick up the phone and actually talk to someone, which is where you find out, you know, what the motivation behind what they're saying is. So that's a really important.
1: And particularly the market in the last two to three years. Yeah. Around most markets in Australia we've just been through, you want to deliver someone bad news. My um, second boss, Mark Frank, who I still catch up with, um, he, he, he used to say, look, you don't overanalyse and, and, and underact, you just get it going. But if you want to give someone bad news, particularly if it's a vendor, you go and give it face-to-face. You just have to because then you can, you're can an eyeball. Yeah, absolutely. And what would be the one piece of advice you give to a person starting their real
0: estate in 2019?
1: I don't think this is an easy road. Nothing's an easy road. It was so easy, everyone will be doing it. Don't do it because I often hear oh, every real estate agent you know it drives a good car. No. Don't do that. The car's usually leased, a hock to the eyeballs. They don't... It's not all about the money, which I've said previously, but it's, it's a long haul. I've, now I've been doing it for years. Make it your career and look at it. Chunk it down like it's your career. So you might, if, you're a, if you want to get into sales, be someone's PA. Go and shadow one of the best people in the industry. You'll learn more from that person than you'll, you'll, you'll learn out of any textbook. And so don't, don't rush into being a semi property manager or don't rush trying to be a person straight up. The burn rate, churn rate, whatever you want to call it in the industry, is, is probably getting worse. Yeah. So it's not a quick fix industry. Get in, make a career out of it, and make some money, but be strategic. Though I've sat down. I'm probably lucky in a way because I always knew I was going to be in real estate, and for a long time. So I've looked at it longer term than probably most others. So just don't rush. Yeah. And and in the market, we've just I've tended to learn more in a in a down market than a bull market. Yeah. That, so keep the faith in a, in, a, in, a, in, in a down market and just keep doing what you're doing. And when that market turns, and invariably they do, thank God, and we've seen it right now because yep. the market's turned nearly Australia-wide. So uh, just keep the faith and keep doing what you're doing, yep. and it all fall into place. Yep. And just because you've had one, it sounds like I'm old, remember Scottish heritage, <laughs> just because you've had one good year, don't go and buy the new boat or the new fat boy Harley Davidson or whatever they call Wait, I'm all for putting a list of what you want to achieve, all for that. But wait until you've had three to five good years. Yeah. Not one good year. Um, three to five good years. Yeah. And then go and, go and splash out. A you a markets.
0: Yeah. Not just in the one good market.
1: Well, Angus, thanks so much. I know
0: you're enormously busy. We really appreciate you coming in here today and giving up you your time and your experience. Thanks, Shane. Thank you so much for joining us here on Spark 20, the real estate podcast, which is proudly supported by the Rain and Horn Group. Please make sure you subscribe and rate us on iTunes or where it is that you get the podcast from, and we look forward to having you come. Next time.